Thank you for listening to the Missio Day Uptown Podcast. We are a church committed to our neighborhood, seeking to love and serve our beautifully unique community as we join God as he makes all things new. To learn more about us, visit mduptown.com. For those of you that don't know me, and I'm looking out, and I think everybody, almost everybody knows me, uh, my name is Tiana Coleman. I'm one of the pastors here at Missio Day, and continue in Ephesians, a wonderful book. Um, I have uh, enjoyed this 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 week and last week just digging in, and even though it's only six chapters, I believe. There is so much written, like Klein Snodgrass, we've just been best friends, like just so much written about this book and it's been uh, really fun to, to go a little deeper, not that I'm able to bring all that into, into this space, but um, I have enjoyed it. And with that, I don't know if you all know this, the other Missio Days, the other four locations are also doing the same, the same series at the same, pretty much the same pace that we're doing it. So it's been fun with uh, the pastors there to be able at our Tuesday meeting kind of talk about what we're learning, what we're growing in, and what, what has ministered to others as well. So thank you for being on this journey with, with us. So today we're finishing up chapter one of Ephesians, verses 15 through 23, as we've seen. They're speaking of thanksgiving and praise and intercession. As we noted last week, we will continue to see throughout the book of Ephesians the purpose of Ephesians, which is that Paul desired for those in Ephesus to be encouraged and united in love and fully understand the mystery of God in Christ. So let's pray before we dive in. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is alive and active today and that it's something that we can glean from, something that we can grow in. Lord, just be so near to us, so present to us as we um, just take another look at, the, at chapter one. Thank you for each person here and your love for them. And uh, we just, not that we need to invite you, but we do invite you <laughs> to be with us in this space. We give you the glory and praise, amen. So New Testament scholar Klein Snodgrass writes, Ephesians then has as its main purpose identity formation. It seeks to shape believers by reminding them how wonderful God's work in Christ is, how significant their unity with Christ is, and what living for Christ looks like. It is a letter of definition and encouragement. Paul sought to ground, shape, and challenge readers so that they might live their faith. I like his use of the phrase, live their faith. Ephesians has an embodied tone, for lack of a better word, but an embodied tone as to how we are to live, who we are to be as followers of Christ. And of course, this is a process of living and living into that faith. We know this doesn't happen overnight. We know it takes plenty of um, years and practice even at living into this faith. And even at times, there are mistakes, there are sin along the way, but it's this process of living into. Yesterday, a man I really, really respect turned 70, which is kind of hard to believe. Like when you kind of have grown up around a person, it's like, oh, they'll be, they'll be 25 or 30 for forever until they're not. And when I think of living their faith, living our faith, this man comes to mind. 
Because all the years I have observed him and watched him serve God and serve others, I see what Paul desires for this group of people. This desire for them to be grounded, to be shaped, to allow themselves to be challenged in their faith. And that is a wonderful hope and desire that Paul has for us and for the the church of Ephesus. So I'm a young-ish person, I'm 47. So for me to have this example of this man that I've known for years is, is something that is such a gift. And for those that I've known who in their 70s and 60s and beyond that consistently say yes to this relationship with Jesus. Knowing that it produces fruit for their benefit, this individual, and for the benefit of others. It's amazing and worth emulating. This person, Glenn Kaiser, <laughs> he's also a musician, an example of God, has just, when I, when I was reading this in Ephesians, I'm just like, that's Glenn. He's not the only person I know like this, but one of the ones that really has taken their faith seriously, has lived into it. So verse 15 and 16 states, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So all that preceded these verses imply that perhaps Paul didn't necessarily know this group of believers other than to be united in Christ. And as I was preparing for this today and rereading these verses, I was thinking, what if our communication with each other sounded like this? John or Hannah or Chris or Rebecca, fill in the blank. I have not stopped giving thanks for you and remembering you in my prayers. Now, if somebody came up to me, it might throw me a little bit. (laughs) We don't really talk like that. But what if we did? What if, as Paul, we emulated even the beginning of of this section? We wouldn't want to change it too much, but we could make an essence of what we believe or how we'd want to say it. Imagine that level of interest and care for each other. From what we read, Paul encouraged and interceded on behalf of this newly formed multi-ethnic group of believers. And I'd imagine the challenge here for us is to do the same. I have many Pauls or Paulas in my life who have encouraged encouraged me and interceded on my behalf. Gently and sometimes not so gently, depending on what kind of mood I'm in, generally, helping guide me towards that living out of my faith. That's, that Klein Snodgrass referred to. Maybe perhaps you all have Pauls or even Paulas in your life have, who have been those people who have said, when I, when I see you, you know, I remember you in this way, I pray for you in this way. In verses 17 through 19, Paul tells them of what he is specifically praying in his intercession. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Paul prayed for three things for these people. Spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. Two, the eyes of your heart enlightened which is literally the best imagery ever, so you would know the hope to which he has called you, that eternal light which illuminates is the knowledge of God and all understanding of the benefit of the gospel, and three, and his great power for those who believe. So this is the three things he prayed for this church in Ephesus. 
I mean, Paul probably could have stopped at the first one, knowing God better. Growing in that would have been amazing. I imagine that would keep anyone busy for a lifetime, but he prayed for these three things for the holy people in Ephesus. Thinking of our lives here and now, perhaps the holy people in Chicago, the holy people in Missio Dei, would it not be wonderful to have someone say to us, here is what I'm praying for you. And then they rattle off this hopeful and helpful and challenging list, and the list consists of a deepening of your faith, that the Father would be revealed to us, an assurance of your call, knowing Jesus better, and some of the intercession would reflect, be reflected back on God, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us. I'd welcome that. That prayer for sure I would welcome. And I think most of us would welcome that prayer as well. And perhaps again, we have those people praying directly for us in that personal way. Klein Snodgrass, in his commentary on Ephesians writes, Note the trilogy of faith, love, and hope that appears in the text and at least nine other times in the New Testament. That these appear together so frequently in the early church writings is no accident. They are foundational terms for Christianity. And of course we know 1 Corinthians 13 ends with faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. So this sort of familiar language that is familiar to our Christianity and what Christ wants us to live into. So verses 19 and 20 emphasize the power available to those who believe. This is the same power that God used to raise Christ from the dead and then seat him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Wow. Reading about the heavenly realms, I learned that it's not heaven or a little, literal location. It points to Christ's place with God and to the larger reality of life with God. Christ is seated at the highest position, shifting things from an earthly realm to a heavenly one. Can you imagine that that power is available to us, the same power that raised Christ from the dead? Like, that is, that is, that is some accessibility. That is some, that's amazing. Like, you can't, I, I don't know how you can't be blown away by that, that he would include us that much in, in the story with him. Paul's desire for believers to know this makes it available for them and available for us. God wants us this close. Everything we read about in the first 14 verses continues to be a reality in these verses. The lavishing on, the riches, the grace, being chosen, being adopted, and all this and more in Christ. And now God's life-giving power is also made available to those who believe. So when I think of this life-giving power, I don't wanna go do anything magical. (laughs) I think of when it is hard, when the temptations do come, when there's uncertainty, we have this power that, Christ, that God has given us through Christ. We have the same power that raised him from the dead is available to us. Like that's something, that, that, that's something. We're reminded in verse 21, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, in every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come that Christ's victory over them is total. Whoever is being referred to in this verse, whether spiritual or otherwise, they are subject to Christ. He is in control, that's it. From now onward. Verse 22, 
God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything. That Christ has been given this position is for our benefit, the benefit of the church. And lastly, verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The fullness meaning completeness, totality. This fullness refers to our connection to God and Jesus, referenced in many places in the Old and New Testament. One place being John 1, 14 through 16, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him, he cried out saying, this is the one who I spoke about when I said he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. So out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace. Like, this is that lavishing on, it just continues. So, that's Ephesians, Ephesians 1, that's the whole thing. And what a powerful prayer that Paul has prayed for this church that is available for the church today, an intentional seeing and caring for this church, praying that we may know this experience in Christ, that we may experience Christ. As we continue to read and discuss Ephesians, I hope you all will take the deep dive at home because like I said, there's volumes. (laughs) We are literally just scratching the surface at church. It's a short epistle with so much to say to us today. Thank you for listening to the Missio Day Uptown Podcast. We are a church committed to our neighborhood, seeking to love and serve our beautifully unique community as we join God as he makes all things new. To learn more about us, visit mduptown.com.